0: This is Inspired Impact. I'm your host, James Campbell. Today's episode features Miss Charlene Clinton, a great friend and former co-worker. We're gonna jump right into this episode starting now. This is Inspired to Impact, and this is James Campbell once again. Back to be with you. Glad to be with you. Today I have with me Miss Charlene Clinton. How are you doing, Charlene? Hi, Jim. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Great, great. Well, what I would like for you to do is, first of all, just share with who you are, what you're currently doing, and anything else you'd like to get us started with. Okay.
1: Well, my name's Charlene Clinton. Uh, I am a native New Englander, transplanted to Georgia. And um, I've had many careers. I don't know if James wants me to give this all. But uh, mostly teaching in the college uh, and high school, private school sector. Um, I've also practiced Law and been a foreign language textbook editor, so I've seen education
0: um, from many angles. Okay, great. Well, let's go ahead and start off. So, you've had many careers and you've retired at this point. Are I am unofficial, officially retired. This
1: is official this time.
0: It's official, yes. Well, let's well, let me ask you this and how did you what was your path to education? How did you become an educator or a teacher? Well,
1: it's kind of a funny story because I was a little bit. Um, I had no direction uh, after I graduated from college, so what I decided to do was to go to grad school to give me some time to figure out what I wanted to do. So um, I did grad school in Spain, but I still didn't find my direction, okay. <laughs> and I, I just happened to open up a letter from my college. Uh, about once a month, they'd send us job announcements uh, from the states. And so they said they were looking for a Spanish teacher at a boarding school. Mm-hmm. So uh, I responded by mail. I don't think I called them. That's too expensive then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, they quickly got back to me and told me that the dean of faculty was going to be in Barcelona. And they sent me my train fare to drive from, to ride from Madrid to Barcelona for an interview. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And uh, it was a very charming couple. And it was so funny. I'll never forget this embarrassment that um, the dean had his wife with, with him. Mm-hmm. And I said to the dean, oh, it is so thoughtful of you to bring your mother with you. <laughs> <laughs> Strike one. <laughs> so I thought, oh, no. He said, well, this is my wife. I said, oh, gosh, I'm not getting this job. Mm. But he hired me on the spot. Okay. And... Um, that's how I started teaching Spanish.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, how did you end up in Spain, of all places, and how did that influence your life, or did it influence your life?
1: Well, I was a Spanish major <laughs> at, in college, and um, I was lucky to get fully financed to go to, go to Spain, you know, with a, a fellowship. Um, That's how I got the money. Okay. (laughs) And I had been there before, believe it or not, when I was about 16, um, my grandfather, who had left me $800, okay, and uh, I told my parents, I said, I'm going to Spain this summer, Mm -hmm. and uh, pulled it all together, and at 16, uh, I went to Spain for six weeks and studied and lived and became very independent. Okay. that's where my love of Spain came from.
0: Okay. I do regret not taking advantage of opportunities to study abroad mm-hmm. or to really focus in on languages mm-hmm. outside of, you know, English that mm-hmm. I try to speak. But would you recommend traveling abroad to students and why? What's the benefit of tra- traveling?
1: If it's financially feasible, I recommend every young person I encounter to take advantage of their school's um, junior year abroad program or whatever study opportunity they have in another country. Mm -hmm. Um, It opens your eyes to other ways of living, Mm -hmm. other foods, other music, um, other cultures. Mm -hmm. Uh, It teaches you how to get along and blend in and work in any circumstance. And just gives you... um, a, a personal sense of power that you can handle mm-hmm.
0: anything. Okay, great. So, you accidentally stumbled into becoming yes. an educator, becoming yes. a teacher. Do you remember that first year? And do you have any stories of yes. difficulty amongst that <laughs> during that first year? Can you share those <laughs> yes, any stories? Yes,
1: <laughs> Well, my first difficulty was when I went to actually visit the campus mm-hmm. uh, on the United in the United States. Uh, it's a very wealthy school. I come from probably, I guess, of what you'd call a blue-collar background. Okay. And when I got to this campus, which is uh, beautiful, it has lakes on it, it has thousands of acres, It's uh, it's got the typical British school brick and the chapel that looks like a cathedral,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I actually left the campus crying, driving all the way for three hours back to my parents' home in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see how I was going to fit in. Okay. And this that blew me away more than going to Spain. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it was very foreign to me. It was very wealthy. It was very, just very different.
0: Yeah. yeah, can you say more about the challenge of having to fit in? What did, you, what was it like internally for you? And did you actually have challenges fitting in? And what yes, were, what I were? had
1: enormous challenges, and um, aside from, think maybe there were only three black teachers at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only black female. Um, it, um, it was kind of a closed community culturally,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, you know, very much hermetically sealed and all about itself. And um, really not very welcoming uh-huh. to a black female. There was nothing hostile, not at all. Right. But um, I used to always wonder about these dinner parties they would have, uh-huh. and they'd try to pair up. single females and single males Uh and it was the white female and the white male and so I'm not white and so every Saturday all my colleagues were going to these dinner parties and chatting about them and you know not being part of that um, I had less to talk about with them I knew them less and so I really just devoted myself to my students and to my to my work
0: my teaching yeah I remember when I first started in the independent school and I was one of the only black teachers mm-hmm. in course a course subject area mm-hmm. and it was awkward for me and I just remember having a conversation with a English prof- teacher had been there for quite some time and he said the students need to see you in the yeah. classroom not only the black students that yes. they had, but also the white students because they needed to see someone black yes. in authority who wasn't a coach or pushing a broom. Mm-hmm. I and mean, nothing's wrong with that, mm-hmm. but they just needed to see yes. other figures of authority. So that was kind of like, for me, the elephant in the room mm-hmm. and the fact that he addressed it. It kind of freed my mind to kind of be mm-hmm. myself and mm-hmm. you know be the authority in the mm-hmm. classroom and be that educator mm-hmm. that I knew I could be. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand where you're mm-hmm. coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But you know, yeah. where there was... Um, pleasure, Mm -hmm. is with uh, the number of students of color Mm -hmm. that I was able to mentor, and uh, I'm still friends with them, and as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. um, one of those students and his wife spent the weekend with us, and I was on the phone with another student last week, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that's like 40-something years ago, and so they're almost, oh, they'll never be as old as I am. (laughs) 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 So, those relationships and those friendships um, have been with me my whole life.
0: Okay. So how would you encourage, what would you say to someone who, is, who might be in a similar situation now, where they might be the only one or they're one of a few, and they kind of see themselves as being charged with being a mentor to the students of color? What would you say to them as far as yeah, encouragement?
1: No, now, see, this is a whole different day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would think when... I came along, and maybe when you came along, that was kind of like our understood duty personally. Right. We, no one had to tell us that. Yeah. Um, I think perhaps there may be young teachers coming out who are teachers of color who've never had that charge or have never had felt that um, commitment. Okay. But uh, I would urge them to explore that as being part of your... Uh, commitment and what you can do as a teacher mm-hmm. is to be a role model, to be a counselor, to be an advisor, uh, to do all professionally that you can for your students of color. Mm-hmm. And not in a way that you're showing favoritism to anyone, right. but in a way that you assure that that generation uh, makes it in a way that you've been able to make
0: it. Okay. All right. So you start off as an educator. Yes. You say you, you were an attorney at one yes. point and you've had other jobs and yes. careers along the way. Mm-hmm. How did you go in and out in and out of these various worlds? What are they, <laughs> what happened?
1: Maybe, you, <laughs> maybe I have a short attention span. We've never tested that. <laughs> I I just don't know. I, I think I never I think I was restless mm-hmm. and I never really what I really should have done uh, was to have gotten my doctorate in Spanish. I think that's what I always wrestled with. Okay. And um, so didn't get the doctorate in Spanish, always had an interest in law. So, oh, okay, so that's, you know, a jurist doctorate, I'll go get that. Uh-huh. And I did love practicing uh, practicing law, Okay. Um, but it's not compatible with having a small child at home. Okay. So there are always... I guess maybe adjustments I didn't know how to make, like being a professional and being a full-time mom, I mm-hmm. just, I don't
0: know. Okay. <laughs> and so you were an attorney for a while, then you became a full-time mom. Mm-hmm. And then did you transition back into education? Yes. Okay. All mm-hmm. Right. And so how long did your life in education span when you put oh, all the pieces together?
1: Uh, probably about 28 years.
0: Okay. hmm and it's always been teaching languages, teaching Spanish? No, I uh,
1: also taught
0: law. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on the university level, is that one? Mm-hmm. was? All right, great. So what would you say to a person or a student who doesn't value language or the learning of languages? How would you justify this as being a route that you need to take? Because when I was in high school, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have, and I mm-hmm. wish I would have done so as a student. Mm-hmm. So how would you, what would you say to encourage them to take advantage of the opportunities?
1: Well, first I think I'd have to go in my toolbox mm-hmm. and try to pull out all the things that I have to try to make them okay. curious before I'd have the talk to them about the importance. Mm-hmm. Um, that anything that they're interested in English, they can be interested in it in that foreign language. Okay. And you try to you know, find out what that interest is. If it's music, then you go for the music. If it's dance, you go for the dance. If it's literature, you try to uh, pique their curiosity about um, a a genre that was, you know, typically um, South American, that was um, of the Americas, Uh that was not of the European canon, Mm -hmm. let's say. And um, you know, if it's sports, you try that angle. You just try to be as broad as you can in the material that you that you use. Okay. Something piques their interest, and once they find that little area, then you can start having that discussion. Okay. But you urge your students to speak Spanish when they go to a restaurant, when they encounter someone who looks like they might be a little confused in the airport and they don't speak English and you think they speak Spanish. Uh, And it's just those little interactions. Uh And that's when my kids are the most excited. Do you know what I did yesterday? Do you know what I did yesterday? Um, I helped someone this. I helped someone that. Um, Uh I ordered this by myself. Um, It's, yeah, you got to find...
0: Where the soft spot is, work out. Okay, <laughs> I love the fact you mentioned going into your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And we, in the world of education, you always hear about different strategies mm-hmm. or different policies that are being put in place, or mm-hmm. whatever the new initiative might be. Is there something that you have in your toolbox that you utilize when you've had a rough point, or you're really trying to get students to understand a concept? Or what do you pull out of your toolbox to to encourage or to? Uh, promote the language with your students.
1: Mm, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think um, the thing that's always worked for me is just clarity and simplicity. Mm. And, if, and by simplicity I don't mean watering the material down. Okay. It's a, it is somewhat of a gift to be able to boil down a complex concept to where just about anybody can understand it. And I think some teachers don't grasp that. Mm. And they are speaking uh, as a college professor or the expert. But there's always a way to explain a concept Mm. clearly, succinctly, and in a way that can be remembered. So if you can strive toward that strategy or that characteristic in your teaching... I, I think students really value that. Um,
0: so you're retired now. Yes. So what are you doing with yourself on a day-to-day basis just to keep yourself energized or keep mm-hmm. yourself... Yeah. What, you, what are you up to?
1: Um, I've always uh, practiced Pilates okay. uh, until I had a, a back injury, but I'm back at it, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's my love. And... Um, I was ballroom dancing. I can't decide if I want to get back into that or not. I mean, I have since I've been in Georgia, but I haven't found the right studio. Okay. Now that's kind of like finding the right school, or I can't explain that. Uh-huh. Um, so that, and um, although we don't have a yard, I have a large deck. I've always been a huge gardener, okay. so I'm gardening on my deck and I'm reading. Um, I'm on the. Uh, homeowners Association board that keeps me busy. Okay. Um, just a lot of things. I think that I'm a good helpmate to my spouse, so mm-hmm. that keeps me busy. Um, you know, because we're both teachers, so we exchange ideas.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, Charlene, I appreciate your time today. Okay. I've a lot I, more to say. Yeah, well, by <laughs> <the way. laughs> so, so this is not enough. We've got to have more time for you. But what I would like to do is close out our conversation today mm-hmm. with asking you one final question. Mm-hmm. If you had one word to describe yourself, mm-hmm. what would that word be and why? God. And that's not, that's not
1: fair. Because then <laughs> I, I would just say... I, I'm not going to say I'm describing myself, I'm going to say how I feel. Okay. I feel powerful.
0: Okay. And why? Why do you feel powerful? What makes-
1: Because I see the fruit of all my years of education, of study, um, of working with people and for people, and um, it just makes me feel like I've done something.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, Charlene, thank you for being a part of Inspired to Impact. I look forward to hearing more about life as a retirement mm-hmm. and how you're empowering others to do great things.
1: Okay. Thanks, James.
0: Thank you. Have a great day.
1: You too.